1: Hey John, can you cover the Bart and Jen Corbin case for me? Ann Rule covered this case in her best-selling book, Too Late to Say Goodbye, and it was even made into a movie with Rob Lowe. This death-dealing dentist murdered his beautiful wife about 20 minutes from where I lived in Georgia, and I know because my uncle was the death scene investigator. Angry Bart, as he's been called by many, left his deceased wife in the bedroom just so his two small children, one five and one seven, would be the first to find her decomposing body. Sicko, sicko, sicko. Your biggest fan, Amy.
2: Welcome to Talk Murder to Me. Thanks, Jan. You're
3: welcome. <laughs> uh, we do have a hint tonight, Ooh. and a themed cocktail for the first time in a while. Yes. So I'm pretty excited. Yes. Um, yeah. So we are drinking the Bloody Tooth.
2: Ooh,
1: that's the, good. The
2: Bloody is it? All right. Let's.
1: Yeah, move. it's really good.
2: Oh. oh, I do like that. The cranberry mixes well with the whiskey. It's almost like just tastes like cranberry juice. It's okay. Is that all that's in it, is just cranberry juice and whiskey? And a, a little bit of lemon juice.
3: Mm. I like it. It, I, it originally called for pomegranate juice, but I was like, oh, man,
2: going to the store, no.
3: Yeah, F that. And and I guess the pomegranate seeds were supposed to be the bloody teeth.
2: Oh, I wouldn't like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to eat and drink something at the same time. The only thing yeah, that's acceptable no. is like that, that, um, the red, the cherry limeade that we had a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, 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 with the cherries. That yeah, yeah. yeah. That was That's high up on my list. Same here.
1: All right. So the hint tonight was dentist or dental related. I couldn't really get a really good hint because, I don't know, I wasn't feeling too creative. So, Nicole, where are we going and who are we killing tonight?
3: I think we are going to a dental school in Colorado. Uh, I was going to say like a very specific university. I don't know why. I'm going to say we're going to New York. And I think we're going to like a student who's in dental school who takes his obsession
2: with a fellow student too far. Hmm. Interesting. I was also going to say New York. Really? But yeah, I think only because the first thing that popped into my mind was the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors. And I just associated ah. New York with Broadway. But um, I hate teeth. Like I like my teeth. But and I always get nervous about something happening to my teeth or my eyes, and I always have dreams where my teeth fall out, and I can literally feel them falling out. So I'm—I don't know how I feel about this. Have story. you
3: ever had the feeling where like it feels like your tooth is a little like wiggly,
2: and you're like, "Why yes. is it wiggly?" Well, I still have a baby tooth.
3: What you yeah. do? Mm-hmm. Really? I do. Do you not have an adult tooth behind it? Mm-mm and so you won't lose the baby tooth.
2: Well, they say I could lose my baby tooth. I still have a
1: baby tooth.
2: It just I don't have a, a tooth up there. That's crazy cuz there's nothing else pushing it down.
1: Let's let's pull it out. No,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> could you that's imagine? Why, I bet you that's why it's a fear. Don't you think? Cuz you're like afraid you're going to lose that tooth. Maybe, I don't know. But like I just Yeah, I I think that probably is Maybe psychologically, yeah. Yeah.
1: I say we pull that bitch out.
2: Oh, my God. Like <laughs> one, one, of my sleep. one day, we're going to be so drunk. It'll be like, so be like, it'll be like, like yeah. the hangover. Yes. Yes, exactly. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are, because they're a surprise. I'm very excited for this. I picked the surprise shot tonight. Cheers. Cheers. Oh,
1: my Lord.
2: You didn't like that? That, that wasn't, wasn't bad. not not bad, but... There was just a lot of it.
1: <coughs> yeah, dude, that was like two shots in one. Is that um, Jack? It's not. I well, no, it doesn't taste like Jack. It's some type of a whiskey.
2: Take a look at your shot glasses. Firefly. Uh, it's it's Firefly. Firefly sweet tea whiskey. Ah! I knew it was whiskey.
1: It doesn't. T- it tastes more like unsweet tea.
2: <laughs> I could not figure out. I was like, what is that flavor? It's nice.
3: good. It's yeah, just, it is good. I wish
1: they'd put in a little more sugar in it. All right, tonight, guys, I got a story that uh, I'm really looking forward to do. I had a request come in, and basically it said, please read this Ann Rule book. And if you don't know, Ann Rule is a true crime author. She is the most well-known. She has the most true crime books, and she's the best out there. She is a fantastic writer, and I love reading her books, all of them.
2: R.I.P. Ann Rule.
1: Yes, R.I.P. And uh, a little bit about her, I don't know too much, but she was a beat reporter that turned crime reporter and then crime author. She did write the definitive Ted Bundy book out there because Mm -hmm. they were actually good friends. They worked together in in the suicide hotline. Yeah, Yeah, Bundy worked in a suicide hotline. It's kind of crazy. So anytime you pick up an Ann Rule book, you're not going to be disappointed. The book tonight we are reading is this one right here. It is called Too Late to Say Goodbye, A hmm. True Story of Murder and Betrayal. Hmm. And all of the reading points that Nicole and Jim will be reading tonight are coming directly from this book because it's so well detailed. There are a couple newspapers that we are going to be exploring, but mostly this book. So this book by Ann Rule was also produced into a movie and Rob Lowe was the main character. Oh, okay. I actually never seen this movie. I'm pretty sure hmm. it's called the same thing. I think it came out in 2006 or something. I uh, I think we should watch it later.
3: Okay. If yeah. you guys want. I like Rob Lowe. Yeah.
1: I do want to ask one question here, and this is going to start off the episode. The victim of tonight's story asked this same question. I want to know what you guys think and what your responses will be. And the question is, what if you find your one true love... And you're already bound mm. to someone else.
3: Love the one you with. Mm-hmm. Love the one you with. <laughs> and if you can't. Wait, oh. Um, I was trying to think about how. And the eagle flies with the, with the dove. dove. And if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you with. Are they really your true love? Okay, I,
1: no, I should. Let me put a disclaimer out there. I <laughs> wanted Jen to answer this. You're not going to answer this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because I feel like I'm on the other side of that. I feel like I've I mean, I felt sparks with someone who's already who's been with, with someone, someone yeah.
1: else. Bound to someone else. And I'm going to spoil it for you. The person that asked this is in a marriage with somebody else. But she falls in love with someone else. And she asked this question, in fact, to her sister. So.
2: Oh, I mean, it's hard, I think, because. Like you don't the grass is not always greener on the other side I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know. I mean Well, there might not be grass at all. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> 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 I got it now.
1: I'm back to my old tricks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. It's it's hard because like you have it, it depends on how long you've been with the person, right? Like it's like well, is it worth Giving up what you have and going on to something new with someone else. Like, how strongly do you feel about the other person? Yeah. I mean, if you're saying it's your one true love, then...
1: Yeah, but if you're married to someone for 10 years and then...
2: Well, well, how is the state of your marriage? Are you happily Uh, married? Anyone that is
1: Mm -hmm. happily married would never ask this question
2: well
3: exactly (laughs) i think love is a choice at the end of the day and i think you can wake up every day and choose to love the person that you're with like in, in and that might be oversimplifying it but i think like
2: Unless there are very extreme circumstances that surround that. I don't know that I agree with that, but I respect your opinion. I don't know that you can say that love is a choice because there are different kinds of love. Yeah. There's, um, I don't know, I don't own all the words, but like, I know there's agape, which is like friendship, like friendship Mm -hmm. love. There's eros, which is romantic, exotic love. And there's a couple other ones too. A true love doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic love. It can be Mm a friend love. I don't know. It's like you can, if, I don't know. Like if you're true, if you're, that's hard to say. That's hard to say because I'm not in that situation. But I would feel like I wouldn't be bound to someone else unless I felt that they were my true love. Right.
1: Tonight we're starting the story Saturday, December 4th, 2004. This is 730 a.m. in the morning and this is where we're going to right now. Buford, like boofing, Buford? Georgia.
3: Are you sure it's not Buford?
1: Buford. Buford. That's a nice looking house. I know, right? What kind of person do you think lives in that house, Jen?
2: I would say um, like a small... Is That's not the same house. Those are two different houses.
1: No, it's the same house. One... This- One of them's the back. Is the backside?
2: Oh wow! Um, I would say like maybe a young family.
1: I mean, what what does the guy do for a living?
2: Landscaper, businessman, or dentist? Dentist. dentist. Yeah, shit. We should have thought of that oh first. My God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there was a hint there.
3: <laughs> well, I feel stupid. Oh
1: <laughs> Two hundred episodes later. <laughs> John's still trying to trick us.
2: Um
3: <laughs>
2: well, It is a nice house though. Yeah, you know, it's almost shaped like like this house. Yeah. But with but nice <laughs> much bigger.
1: This is like the Bel-Air, uh this is like the Bel Air Will Smith house, dude, right here.
2: Yeah, they're very pretty. I houses. like I like two story houses. Like I think they're very nice and elegant. I have a nice one story house, but like yeah. it's it's perfect for me right now, but eventually I want a nice big house
1: all right this is four five one five bogan gates drive can you explain this house for our audience
2: it is a sprawling brick manor it looks like it's on the edge of a golf course actually it looks like it's sitting on a sand trap even though we know that's not a sand trap
1: how much do you think that house is worth
2: five oh it's in georgia so maybe like 350 oh
1: yeah you're pretty close it was like right at 325 i think last time i checked wow which was today i don't know <laughs> last time i checked Today, it was like three twenty-five
2: In Massachusetts, that probably would be upwards of $700,000. Yep.
1: All right. Saturday, December 4th, 2004, in that house that you just saw. It's 7.30 a.m., and a seven-year-old runs out of that house. He runs across the street because the neighbors are there, and he just starts a knocking at the door. Help, help, help. And this is what he says.
3: My mom isn't breathing. My daddy shot my mommy. I need you to call 911.
1: Basically, here's what happens. He wakes up around 7 o'clock, and usually the routine is he gets breakfast. The 5-year-old that is his brother was complaining, not complaining, but, you know, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I just woke up. Stuff like that. You know, where's breakfast? Where's mommy? Like, I don't smell anything. So... Dalton, the seven-year-old, goes into the kitchen. There's no breakfast being made. He just thinks that his mom's still sleeping. Mm -hmm. Then he goes into the mom's bedroom and discovers the mother, his mother. And Now, keep this in mind. The son, the seven-year-old son, is the one that finds his mom. She's dead, obviously, and as Dalton said— my dad shot my mom. Now, the dad isn't home at all. Hmm. His car's not there. It's just the two boys and now their deceased mother.
3: So they don't maybe necessarily know that the dad shot the mom.
1: Exactly. Now, this is an interview of the detective asking Dalton. It's very important that Dalton actually did not see his dad kill his mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so keep that in mind. Do you have any idea
0: why you think you're here today?
3: Can my mom get killed
1: this morning? You think that your mom and dad were gonna divorce and separate? <laughs> That's gotta be really hard.
2: I feel like when I was seven years old, I didn't know what that meant.
1: What do you mean? Divorce you know and
2: separate? Like I don't
3: I, yeah. Seven seems young for that. I don't know.
1: But he's seven though. He, you don't think he's old enough? And also he's the bigger brother. So maybe he's
2: Well, I'm just saying I when I was seven, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily understood if that happened. Or at least perceive that there were issue, marital yeah. issues. Oh,
1: you're saying if you were seven, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't say that your dad shot your mom? No,
2: if I was seven, I wouldn't know that they were having marital problems and were planning on getting a divorce.
1: Okay. In most families, and keep that in mind, because obviously he does know. yeah you know what i'm saying so well, it must I mean, be pretty bad
2: yeah well i mean mm. i'm not my family is not most families and like so i can't really say yeah. <laughs> i can't really say for sure you good know or bad yeah good or bad um i mean maybe when i was like like eight or nine maybe but seven is like i think that's like the beginning of second grade mm. well i guess seven you you understand the what's right and wrong you start to understand like conscience and stuff that's what they say you get your conscience hmm. Not, like Not like when you get your conscience, but like, like when you start cricket. to yeah. <laughs> understand.
1: So he knocks on the door. My dad shot my mom. And then obviously the he didn't actually see it happened. But there was a gun by his mom. Now, in the interview, and there's little snippets of it online. Dalton, the seven year old, kind of describes what his mother looked like. The gun was right there. And he kind of points to his nose and says she has blood. You know, dried up on her nose right here. I want you guys to remember a seven-year-old just saw the murder of his mother.
3: Or at least her dead body.
1: Her dead body. Because that's important. If the husband killed her, then that's what type of husband he is. Mm -hmm. Because he would have left the mother's dead body there knowing good and damn well that his seven-year-old or five-year-old was going to find it first. Mm. Just keep that in mind. This is Kelly Como right here. This is the neighbor. And this is she's talking to the uh, DA and the investigators. What we're reading now is from Ann
2: Rule's book. She was way gone. Kelly would later recall to DA's investigator, Kevin Vincent. Her body was frozen, ice cold. She was way, way gone. I didn't check for a pulse. I knew she was gone a long time before.
3: The butt of the handgun rested three or four inches from the palm of her right hand, although her fingertips were less than an inch away from it. Oddly, the barrel of the revolver was hidden beneath the rose-patterned comforter. There was a pale blue and white flannel coverlet with a snowman pattern at the foot of the bed and a cordless phone next to it.
1: When this came out, the whole neighborhood, and even at the papers, if you read the first day this happened, it was announced that it was a suicide. Mm. But what do you read here that tells you off the bat that it may not be a suicide?
2: The revolver was underneath the comforter.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you shoot yourself in the head
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the, the gun is in your hand and the comforter is over you, the revolver is not going to be positioned under the comforter.
2: The only way that would happen is if she was using the comforter as a silencer, but then there would be a bullet hole in the comforter. Yeah, exactly. Mm, good thought, And that's though. a good point. Yeah.
1: Because this story is suicide or murder. I mean, it's obvious it's murder, but...
3: Just from this detail.
1: Just from these details. Yeah, yeah. So before we go any further describing her death and what the crime scene looked like, I want you guys to get a good picture of jen corbin she was 33 years old at the time now if this is your first episode on talk murder me i put all my sources and photos on talkmurder.com just go there and you'll find this post it should be the latest episode for you guys and you can follow along with us if you're not driving or anything so here is jen corbin right here it's actually jennifer's her real name but she goes by jen which is j-e-n-n which is not like you go by, right?
2: Correct. Only one. Only one end. Well, there's no there's no use for the second end. Yeah.
1: Describe her for us, Nicole.
2: Um,
3: she is blonde, short hair, big smile. She looks like she's having a great time. Looks like she's loving life.
1: What do you think she does for a living?
2: Somebody's a dentist somewhere. Dental so. hygienist. <laughs> He's a dentist, she's a dental hygienist. That's Ooh. a that's
1: a good guess. She's a nurse. No, she's not in the medical field. A teacher. Ah, there you go. She's a preschool teacher. Mm. She teaches preschool at the Sugar Hill Methodist Church. Mm. So they are Christian type people. She has two sons, as I talked about earlier, Dalton, seven years old, and Dylan, five years old. 33 years old. She is tall and pretty. She is near six feet you know, and then wow, she'll put tall. on heels and be six feet. She comes from a loving family. Her mother Narda in a RDA, is an artist, and her dad Max. She has a few sisters, Heather and Regel, and Jen is actually the oldest. This family comes from middle class. You can see she is a uh, very pretty, sophisticated woman. Mm-hmm. She actually went to the Savannah College of Art and Design. It's good. Oh. Oh, yeah. How would you know that? It's a
2: great school. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good school. I had a couple people I went to high school with in Massachusetts that ended up oh, going wow. there. Yeah.
1: Well, I didn't look too much into the school because I didn't think you guys would know it. But it's, I pass it's it. relatively new. I think it was created in 1982 or something like that.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Whenever I head down to Georgia, I pass it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Savannah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So her mom is an artist. And in fact, later in the story, before she gets murdered... She was helping her mom with her art studio. And so her mom would paint. So she's obviously got a talent for the arts. This is really interesting. And I kind of knew this before, but I really didn't think of it like this. If a woman was going to kill herself, what method would she most likely use? Pills. Have you ever thought why?
2: Because it's not violent. It's like, as far as... as, um Suicide goes, women, uh, men have a higher completion rate, but women have more attempts because they don't use lethal means as often as men do. Well, why
1: not, though? Like, why wouldn't she blow her own head off?
2: Well, I mean, she has two young kids. She probably didn't want them to find a body like that. I mean, it's easier to say mom died in her sleep than mom shot herself in the head.
1: Okay, this is from the book. I never thought about this, but it's pretty interesting. And I put the uh, title here. Would you think about this or would... This be you in this scenario. I mean, not saying that that's a good thing, but just think about it. If you want to read this.
2: We're not condoning you think about killing yourself, but.
3: The manner of her death was odd. Even if fatally depressed, few females kill themselves with a gunshot to the head. They want to look attractive when their bodies are discovered, whereas males don't seem to care. Women tend to take their own lives with sleeping pills or by cutting their wrists. Many even put on makeup and wear their prettiest outfit or nightgown. But Jennifer had worn an old sleeveless green satin shorty nightgown. Both its straps were torn in the back and she had secured them with safety pins. Mm. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I don't know.
1: That women will kind of dress up and...
3: uh, That's weird. I mean, it makes sense that they want
1: to look pretty... I get that. But I mean, no, this is Anne Rule. She has seen a lot of suicide deaths. So for her to write that.
2: Yeah. I mean, she's
1: seen a lot of suicide deaths where the person committing suicide puts on a nightgown, puts on makeup to kill themselves. Isn't that crazy?
2: It is. It is kind of insane when you think about it. But is it is it worse? The fact that the the women want to look presentable when their bodies are found, or is it worse that we live in a society that women feel pressured to make sure that they look nice. Oh when yeah, no, you're right. They are found. See, for me, I feel like I would rather look a hot mess and have someone fix me up for my <laughs> coffin. <laughs> Let the
3: professionals
2: do it. But isn't that yeah, crazy? Maybe though, they man. can cut out like thirty pounds of fat too when they're at uh, it so that I they uh... <laughs> just clip it all back. Yeah, you just, know? Like, <laughs>
1: Holy shit. All right, let's talk about what you assholes want to hear about. It's a crime scene. I know what you guys want. All right, here you go. This is from the book. This is talking about the bullet wound. Now, when they did find her body, before you move anything, and we're going to talk about this later. You photograph where the gun position is before you move anything. And Mm -hmm. when paramedics usually get there first, they should always bring a camera to at least photograph before they even check pulse and move things around.
2: Well, luckily now we have phone camera phones.
1: Yeah, exactly. So she was actually found with the entrance wound from the revolver was behind her right ear, kind of in the back, going at an angle to the front of her forehead. So technically, yes, you can shoot yourself in the back of the head like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as you'll see, it doesn't really add up to suicide. So if you want to read this, this is uh, this is what the coroner found.
3: The single fatal bullet wound was to the right side of her head behind her right ear. The wound path was from the right side of her head to the left and upward. The bullet had effectively cut her brainstem in half and fractured her skull in several places. Death would have been instantaneous.
1: Yeah. When, um, when I, um, so I went through this course in the military where they were talking about uh, if you shoot, uh, sounds so bad. If you shoot someone in the head, <laughs> you want to aim for what they call the triangle of death, mm-hmm. which is if you look at your nose mm-hmm. and you make a triangle all the way down to your mouth. So it's like in the middle of your face. Right below your nose and in your mouth. And the reason you want to shoot someone there, if you're going to shoot them in the head, is because if you try to shoot them in the forehead, it might get reflected out of their skull, right? But if you shoot them kind of through the mouth in that triangle of death region, you'll have more of a chance to kill them instantly because you'll hit the brain stem huh. which connects like your which connects everything in your body. I'm not really sure how the brainstem works, but I know it connects like to your spine and everything.
2: It's like a power cord. Yeah, to it's a, a power cord.
1: So if you shoot the power cord, it's instant death. So they want huh. you to shoot the brainstem and that's through that little triangle of death. Wow. Kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So not to give anyone ideas out there. So she probably died around four or five hours before her body was discovered. And I want to reiterate by her seven year old son.
3: And they did not hear the gunshot.
1: No, they didn't hear the gunshot. They actually woke up. Where's breakfast? Yeah. They didn't hear the gunshot at all. I do want to say, as I was reading this, the son runs over to the neighbor's house and then the neighbor, her husband, Kelly's husband, gets on the phone, calls 911 and then the wife runs over there. So if this ever happens to you, don't do that. Don't run over there because you don't know if the killer is still in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So especially if you run over there unarmed. Yeah. You don't know if he's still there. Kelly actually thinks about that when she's already there. She's like, shit, you know, this could, I could have been dead too. If he's in the house. Okay. So under her body, under her body, like, I mean, you'll see the picture right here. Go to talkmore.com. I'm putting all these evidence, death photos on the blog. These are the divorce papers
2: under her body,
1: under her body. Now, actually she wasn't supposed to have those divorce papers yet. They haven't been served to her yet, but she had someone that, you know, worked in the, whatever the filing office or whatever, give her a copy. In fact, it's kind of crazy. The sheriff who was serving the divorce papers, he was assigned to do that. He shows up at the house at their house, the death house, with the divorce papers, as if to serve Jen with the divorce papers. And mm-hmm. he's like, "What's all these cops doing here?" And then they're like, "Well, yeah, she's dead."
2: Is that her shoulder? Or is she? Is that that's under her what, shoulder? That's what I was thinking
1: too. I, I, yeah, I thought. I think that is under her shoulder. Yeah. Now this is a picture of the gun found by her body. What do you notice there? Or should I say, what don't you notice there? Blood. Here's another one. That's her firing hand right there. What's not on her firing hand?
2: Uh, Residue, gunpowder.
1: Yeah, gunpowder and blood. So Hmm. what you're seeing right now is her right arm, which is what she used supposedly to shoot herself in the head.
2: In the back of the head. In the
1: back of the head. But if you shoot yourself in the head, and this is the actual picture right here of her hand. There is absolutely no blood on her hand whatsoever. There is no gunpowder residue on her hand whatsoever. And that stuff would be on your hand. It would be visible. There would be blood splattered all over your hand. Because if you shoot yourself in the head, the blood shoots back out of the bullet wound. Mm -hmm. It's called back splatter. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get it all over you. So the cops... Knew pretty much right away that this was a murder. They did kind of portray it as a suicide, just so they wouldn't have all the media, you know. Circus. uh, Yeah, media circus. They didn't want that. But there was no blood or gunpowder on her hand. This is the official cause of death for Jen Corbin. This is from the medical examiner.
3: The official cause of her death was listed at the beginning of the summary of findings derived from her autopsy. It read, penetrating gunshot wound of head, loose contact range entrance, wound on right side of head, posterior to right ear in right right posterior temporal anterior occipital region.
1: So the medical examiner thinks that it was probably around four or five hours before her body was discovered. So she was discovered at 730. It was most likely 230. And and I'm going to show you guys how they actually mapped it out. Pretty accurately when she was killed. So, is this a suicide or not? So, this right here is a diagram of exactly where the bullet went into her head. Do you want to describe the position of this?
2: It is temporal.
1: (laughs) It's in the back right, the right ear. It's a little
2: bit behind her ear. Posterior temporal.
1: So, it is possible to shoot yourself there. Yeah. You know, this is not no, like... Ellen Greenberg definitely, type of thing. Yeah,
3: definitely not unusual.
2: Or impo- definitely not impossible. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it would be more. most times, well, people shoot up or on your temple. Yeah. It is a little weird. Yeah. You're
3: right. You're right.
2: Uh, yeah. It's not, not it's, impossible, it's, but It's weird. feasible, but it's like, I, I just feel like, well, I've never seen someone shoot themselves Fortunately, but like from media you th- you think of like right at the temple or they shoot underneath mm-hmm. their chin
1: so most people right away knew it wasn't suicide here's a couple quotes backing up that is no way it's suicide
2: there was no way she would have committed suicide she was not the type and she lived for her boys whom she completely adored she had a great support system of family and friends and would never have left them on her own accord she loved her boys with her whole being and the kids she taught to. She would never have let them, her sons, find her with a bullet in her head. She was upbeat, fun, and someone everyone wanted to be around. She was a wonderful teacher, fabulous mother, and true friend. One of her students' mothers wrote about her.
3: I mean, in, in a lot of cases where there's divorce or um, separations, a lot of times the kids End up with the, going with the mom, mm-hmm. so for her to, to know that divorce is pending and she,
2: you know she, m- she may get majority custody of the kids. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it would depend on who Ooh. the primary caregiver was, right? And we it, haven't even talked about the husband yet. No,
1: oh, so the husband did it. Obviously, no,
2: I'm just it could saying. be the sheriff, it could be the sheriff. She was having an affair with the sheriff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell oh, are my... you? i watching
3: <laughs> well, somebody.
1: Dude, this is, this right here.
3: There's a scandal somewhere.
1: This right here is one of those, I don't know what to call them, like housewife cases. I don't know, that's not a good word. But there's everything. There's everything. A soap opera. Yeah, it's a soap opera case. That's a good word for it. Hmm. Because there's everything in here. There's the romantic interest, the hidden love, you know, the secret affair. There's...
3: Was she having a The woman
1: bound by marriage. like There's a bunch of stuff, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, I feel like you just gave me a preview of a movie. Legit, well, they, it is a it
1: movie. It was a
2: Lifetime movie, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, from Lifetime movie? From I Rob Lowe. So.
1: And Rob Lowe's in it, you know. He's, He's great. I love those Lifetime yeah. movies.
2: Yeah. We should do Lifetime Christmas movies this year. Oh, yeah. Or Hallmark.
1: All right, so what does this guy look like? Is he a hunk?
3: No. Uh, Rob Lowe's playing him, isn't he?
1: This guy kind of doesn't look like anything like Rob Lowe. That's why I was like kind of weirded uh-huh. out. This is Bart Corbin.
2: He looks more like Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah. In that picture on the right. But also looks like a mix between Bill Nye the Science Guy and the guy that plays Aiden in Sex and the City. What did you say, bit. Jen? Who he look like? Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yes! Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Yes.
1: That's yes. awesome. I, I thought the same thing, man. So, guys, what what they're seeing now is I actually, in the slideshow I'm showing them a couple slides down, I added a picture of Bill Nye, the science guy. They look identical, man. Do they not? Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's weird. Like the
2: picture you chose. Uncanny.
1: Dude, it's so close. <laughs> They should have got Bill Nye to play it. Oh
2: yeah, he probably would do it. Bill Nye was the commencement speaker for the graduating class ahead of me. Oh, that's really cool. Mean, yeah, but we we Dang. didn't have anyone exciting though. We I like there.
1: Bill Nye, man. But you know he's and which is great. You know his stance is all the global warming, which I do. You know, it's but a I thing. Don't, Yeah, I, it's a thing. Yeah, but I don't want to feel guilty about it. You know, I mean we're all fucking this planet up. It's, I don't want to feel guilty. It's though. over.
3: It's game over. <laughs> they say
2: that the straws haven't really helped the turtles.
3: Yeah, and now there's like disposable masks everywhere. It's, oh god! You know? Oh yeah, it's like diapers. But <laughs> it's, like,
2: yeah. And the We're whole not in California and Oregon are on fire. It's like,
1: yeah, this place is a fucking nightmare, dude. All
2: because of a gender reveal. I know a what? gender reveal started the latest wildfire. Yeah. What? Yeah. No there way. Was pyrotechnics yeah.
3: Pyrotechnics involved. Yeah.
2: Dude. Which I don't I understand. Like, why do you have to have a gender reveal that's so bougie? Like, you don't need pyrotechnics. All you got, like, when did why gender ha- reveals even become a thing anyway? I
1: don't know. Dude, I don't know, but when when my baby comes out, I'm going to drop it from space. Gender reveal. Wait, is this the same thing?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did they shoot know.
1: fireworks at the baby? Um, what, they, what? Not
2: at the baby, but at the reveal yeah. they did.
3: Yeah. So the gender oh. reveal is like when you know, find out what. Sex the baby. Oh, is okay. But now though, talking about like a birth party here. or something. No, no. Oh. party.
1: This is Bart Corbin right here, and I mean, dude, if your name is Bart, then you're pretty cool. Bartholomew. You, <laughs> because you, uh, you're probably <laughs> Never yellow. That before you're probably yellow and ride a skateboard, <laughs> <laughs> and your dad works at a nuclear Eat plant. My <laughs> <laughs> All right, so his brother, Bart's brother, which we're going to talk about, said that. Since Bart wasn't home, Bart actually spent the night with his brother. So he wasn't home. He didn't do it, obviously. Yeah, clearly.
2: Right? Have you, sorry to interrupt, but have you guys ever thought about the fact that in The Simpsons, like, Marge is the wife, and then the daughter's name is Maggie, which is another nickname from Margaret, which is a Marge is a nickname for? So they're both named Margaret? Like, Margaret. I do know people who, who do that. Like, the woman named after the moms. But why can't they? I mean, like, guys, guys do, it do it all the time. time. I know.
1: Bart's brother... Which he was spending the night with, so obviously Bart didn't kill his wife. So he was
2: with Milhouse, got it. He's he's <laughs> That's
1: not his brother. I know, but... Oh, he was with Nelson.
2: Nelson's not his brother either.
1: I wish Lisa would just go out with Millhouse,
2: Right? You know, just one time. Milhouse deserves a chance. Yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking but about. The freaking Simpsons.
1: Dude, Lisa goes Never out with... What's the police chief's uh, Ralph? Ralph, they go out and she won't even give Millhouse a chance. What the fuck? That's bullshit.
2: <laughs> my One of my favorite memes of all time is the one of Ralph on the bus. It's like, haha, ha, I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ralph.
1: All right. So, Bart's brother, who he stayed home with the night that somebody killed his wife, he says that his brother, Bart, Was in the bathroom vomiting after he heard the news. Now, the whole time, the morning, this happened in the morning, or the body was discovered in the morning. It took almost a whole day for Bart to come to the police station and get a statement or anything. He was a, he basically lawyered up right off the bat and he Hmm. stuck by his brothers and he wouldn't answer the phone, nothing. He just was staying away from it altogether. He didn't want to speak to the police, and he eventually came in to test for gunpowder on his hands and stuff like that, which he tested negative for, but, you know, you just wash your hands. Mm. I mean, that's, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, he didn't do it because he wasn't there, right? Right, Yeah, right. okay. Now, a little bit about Barth- Barth- Bartholomew?
2: Bartholomew. Now,
1: a little bit about Bart Corbin. He finishes dentist school in 1991. He meets Jennifer in 1995. He was seven years older than Jen hmm. when they met the first time she was actually a bartender she went to art school and she tried the nursing school and that didn't work so she she was in the food service after that trying to figure out what her next move was I feel she like. was a <laughs> she was a bartender not a bartender i think she was a hostess anyway they meet and they kind of hit it off and then they ended up getting married have two kids he was 7 years older than her now Actually this guy right here, Bart Corbin, I don't know if you can believe it or not, but he actually was a walk on for the Georgia Bulldogs.
2: Really? Yeah. Wow. So you know what? I just realized Hmm. that this isn't whiskey, this is vodka. Ah. I was about to
1: say I didn't think Firefly made whiskey.
2: They do. Oh. And I like I when we took the shot, I was like, why does this taste like vodka? And then I was looking and it says vodka. And I got the wrong fucking thing. It's so good. Yeah.
1: He was a walk-on for the Georgia Bulldogs, which, guys, if you ain't from the South and you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, you you got to be good to play for the Bulldogs, man. You you do. Big team. Yeah. Any Southern team like this, you got to be big. You got to be corn-fed. You got to be <laughs> right here from the country. <laughs> you know? You can have all your teeth, but you got to know intimately Your first cousins. That's all I'm telling you right now. Oh, my (laughs) God.
2: Stop
1: So he did play all seasons for the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Now, do you remember when we did the Ted Bundy story? Mm -hmm. And if you think back to that, he had a first girlfriend. And everyone after that, all of his girlfriends that came after that were almost the exact... Yep. Image Mm -hmm. as his first girlfriend. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what this guy is doing, which is crazy. I I don't know guys that do that. Right. Like, you know. It's it's weird. A guy will date almost the exact same looking person as their ex. You know, I mean, every every one of Bart's friends said that and they were kind of weirded out by it because it was like he was replacing his first girlfriend, which her name was Shelly Mansfield, with Another girl that looked just like her. Anyway, mm. I'm going to move on. So Shelly Mansfield was his first love. She wanted to be a reporter, not a dent- not be in the dentist field or whatever. And in fact, she broke this guy's heart. This guy looks confident now, what you're looking at him in a picture. But he was actually quite the loser in high school. Not popular. He was chubby. He was a virgin up until he meets shelly mansfield which breaks his heart and she says that she broke up with him because quote i did not get a degree to be someone else's accessory you go girl
2: Ooh, yeah
1: tell him so bart had a good sense of humor but after shelly which this is in college now after she breaks his heart and she kind of played him and everything else and he was real faithful because he's never even dated anyone before shelly and shelly Kind of just played him and then, you know, broke his heart. He actually starts turning at that point. So now he's still funny, but his, his comedy has more of a, a bite to it. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. more darker. You can tell he's still heartbroken. And he was really heartbroken over Shelly. And if you want to read this, this is kind of explain it right here.
3: Oddly, perhaps not. She had no memory of the moment she told him that she wanted to break up. She only remembered that he cried and that he wasn't angry with her. So now
1: she breaks up with him and they start calling him Angry Bart because he oh, is angry a... Angry Bart. Yeah.
2: Jeez. Now I'll, I feel like Angry Bart wouldn't look like Bill and I, the science guy. <laughs> I feel like he would be like this old crotchety old man with a long beard. Mm.
1: You should see this guy now. Oh. He is old and crotchety. A little bit about Bart. Now, this, is, this probably started spawning before the Shelley incident, but he was really obsessed with making money. Don't you hate people like that? Mm. Right? Mm. So he only cares about money. And in fact, he only goes into dentistry to, quote, fill his deep pockets, which is like the weirdest thing, because wouldn't you want to be like an investment banker? <laughs> you don't go to be a fucking dentist to get rich. I mean, rich.
2: they do make good money. they do. I know, they, <laughs> I know, they but, make real dude. good money. But then you have to like smell people's breath all day. Well, the hygienist usually cleans your mouth before you. They it's not a you. bad gig. It's not. But well, like I have this thing about teeth. It's like the same way I feel about carrots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've ruined baby carrots for me. I got a, lately when I was at the store. I got the little round chips. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: No matter where you are, there's probably a Speedway right around the corner. So whether you want a freshly brewed hot or iced coffee, fountain drink, or speedy freeze, Speedway's got the fuel to keep you going all summer. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. He wanted to get rich off
1: patience. He says to one of his girlfriends, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Dolly Hearn, quote, I can hardly wait to graduate so I can stick it to people. That's what he said. Wow. So I'm trying to paint a little bit of this guy's picture right here, but we don't have too much time to spend on him.
2: Sounds like he got a chip on his shoulder, whether it's oh, yeah. granted yeah. or not, dude.
1: Yes, exactly. So I did put this in here, and you can make your own mind up. You know, obviously his wife has a wedding ring. Jen has a wedding ring, mm-hmm. and he also wears a wedding ring. His is the only one though with a diamond in it.
3: Oh, <laughs> she doesn't. He so she doesn't have an engagement ring either.
1: I don't know how that works, but he wanted to, quote, look affluent to his patients. His ring was worth, like, three times as much as hers was. Hmm. That's what kind of guy this is.
2: Weird. Yeah.
1: Now, this guy, apparently he's good looking. I think he looks like Bill Nye, but apparently he was Hey, Bill Nye's not
2: a bad looking guy. He was getting... Especially now, he's like a silver hawk, let me (laughs) just say.
1: He was getting a lot of strange. A lot of the girls that work at the dental office like that it was his yeah the hygienist it was his practice
3: could so, be other dentists yeah so he was secretarial
2: having, staff
1: so he was having constant affairs and in fact while I have, he's married while he's married yeah and in fact there's a real long like his secretary of his dentist practice they were in an affair and she was afraid to leave like she kept putting in a resignation and he was like oh, you're not leaving here i got you and he would tear it up slap her ass or something you know oh nice gem
3: sexual harassment yeah
1: (laughs) now we're going to get into this a little bit but right now you have jen you have jen corbin which is a stay-at-home wife do you remember the susan powell case Mm -hmm. that we just did yeah you remember how her husband treated her with the finances and berating her in front Mm. of everyone. And yet
3: he was buying a a, a whole bunch of stuff. Yes,
1: yes. So he was buying, it's the same exact thing. And then she would spend a little bit on groceries and he would just blow up. But yet he would go out and buy himself all this stuff. The marriage starts going downhill real quick and she falls out of love with Bart. In fact, go back to the beginning of the episode when she asked her sister, what if you fall in love with someone, but you're already bound to someone else? That's what she's going through now. He's already having affairs with everyone and she knows about it. Ah. In fact, before she asked, what if I'm bound to someone else and I love someone? She asked the question, which you should never ask in a marriage. Am I the woman in my husband's life that he loves the most? Ooh. I mean obviously not cuz you you love your mother more <laughs> and then you love your wife, right? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, you yeah. should never have to ask that question if you're married. Mm. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. So do they have kids already at this time? Yeah,
1: they have kids. So um. they have yeah. So they meet, she's a bartender and then they marry. Now she's a stay at home mom and she has all these aspirations and things she wants to do with life but now she's exactly she's stuck with kids not stuck with kids but you know that's not exactly what she wanted in life and now he's out here's an example he would work nights he's a dentist
2: oh my gosh
1: yeah you see what i'm saying right
2: they yeah. don't work nights. They don't work nights. <laughs> <laughs> they they must be might... the dentist at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> right. <Although> that, <laughs> they, that wouldn't be a bad business model, though. Like to have dental hours for people who can't work. I, right. Who can't I mean, make in the dental. But appointment you see what I'm they saying? They may stay open until like six
3: thirty or. You I would know, say eight stuff o'clock. Like
1: that. But he would tell his wife, yeah, "I got to work tonight." I mean, and number one is his practice.
3: He could be doing paperwork,
1: dude. Yeah, he could be doing some <laughs> paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he was doing. Her name was Dara. That was the one he was having an affair with. Well, he was having an affair with a couple of people. But eventually, you know, Jin gets sick of it. She's like, you know what? Whatever. So this is kind of where it turns strange. And this is one of the factors in the case where you just can't really make up. This is 2004. And I know you guys... How old were you then? 14. Okay. Do you remember this game called EverQuest?
2: 2004, I was...
1: 12 so 2004 I was 18
2: 13 13 I turned 13 in 2004 but, I'm trying I'm thinking school year year I'm not thinking so y'all of the not, year. y'all
1: may not remember it then but you know this was in the my early myspace days and this is pre-facebook this is like right when Facebook launched but there was this game called everQuest and it's similar to Second life. You guys oh. know what that is, right? Oh yeah, we uh-huh. watched that documentary. Yeah, yeah, so you make a character and you can like live out. Kind of yeah. like the Sims. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like the Sims. Sims. Yeah, so love EverQuest. I remember EverQuest, dude. I never played it, you know, because I, yeah, I was popular and I couldn't get caught playing that. But like there were people. Who's <laughs> <was also> the <laughs> first <mom> like <laughs> love
2: the Sims. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I like I love like Sims memes. So fun
1: there were these total nerds in our school i was kidding but th- there were this clique of gothic girls that would play this all the time dude hmm. and they would all the time everquest 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 it was ridiculous anyway
3: i felt like sim spanned all all, all walks of of the cafeteria the mean hmm. girls cafeteria mm-hmm.
1: she gets jen gets introduced to everquest through her sister heather as a way to kind of break up the mundane everquest if you guys don't know you have to be connected to the internet to play it it's like an online world of warcraft or whatever where you can meet other characters and you Mm -hmm. can be like an ogre and you can be like a princess or a knight or a thief or whatever the hell right sherlock or whatever so it's
2: like first person role-playing type thing
1: i don't really know i think it is role-playing yeah But anyway, she gets involved, and she meets a man. Oh. Yeah. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Uh-oh. A
2: man in the game or a man that's also a man in real life as well?
1: Well, she meets a character on the game that she kind of starts to fall for. Now, this Uh is where it kind (laughs) of turns.
3: I mean, what, can we see his avatar? (laughs) Who was he?
1: No, but we do have some of the emails. Now, apparently there were (sighs) thousands of emails, and a lot of them were hot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but but um, she deleted a lot of them. But there are still some that were found because Bart actually finds them. Uh, this was Bart actually finds oh, them. So
3: it's cool for him to have an affair, but for her to have exactly one, cool.
1: Bart finds them, and then a few weeks later, she winds up dead. You know, but
3: convenient.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's a piece of shit. Trust me. So she was introduced to EverQuest in two thousand and three. She was going by the name WizWiz148. And like I said, I'm not really sure everything of how this thing works. I think it is role playing kind of like Zelda or something, but hmm. you can you can meet other people and talk to them. It's like a chat, it's like um, AOL Instant Messenger with Zelda or something. Huh. It's like combined or mm-hmm. something like that.
2: Or and, like Sims, where they actually yeah, speak Sims, English. But
1: yeah, Sims, but you're like, you know, you're fighting dragons and stuff. Oh. I probably got this completely wrong. But she meets this other character named Sir Tank 1223.
2: Sir Tank. Ooh.
1: Now, they start talking, and eventually they start emailing each other. His name is Christopher. He's also 33 years old. Now, the only thing about him is he lives in Missouri, Mm. and she lives in Georgia. So they're Mm. 800 miles away. So he's kind of going through the same thing as she. He's divorced, and he's working at a restaurant. You know, she was just working at a restaurant not too long ago. He's also helping his mother raise his sister's two children. So he's living in his mother's basement.
3: Okay. Do we have a picture of this guy?
1: Not at first. She kept requesting a picture and...
3: (laughs) Sounds a lot
2: like a catfish situation. not a good sign. (laughs) He would never send a picture,
1: but things did get hot.
2: (laughs) Interesting, because I feel like back in 2004... You, it it was more acceptable to be like, oh no, sorry, like my internet won't be able to send Can't you upload. that much gigabyte. Like you know what I mean? It's or it's really blurry, or pixelated. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just fishy right out the bat. Yep.
1: So in September two thousand and four, Christopher Sir one two two three from the game EverQuest. Finally, now this is after a lot of hot emails. <laughs>
3: I love that you're changing your voice yeah. for that one word.
1: I feeling like Luca Magnato. <laughs>
3: yeah, you do. A
1: lot of hot. Anyway. Um, I wonder how t- he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> in 2004 of September, Christopher actually confesses his love to Jen. And this is when things start getting hot. <laughs> if you want to read this.
2: "'Christopher, you don't need to apologize to me again,' she wrote. "'I'm just sorry you felt like I could baby play you. "'It's okay to be scared, Christopher. I'm scared. "'We're both going to have to make big changes to our life if we want to be together, and that is never easy. "'I love how you make me feel. "'I love that there are no walls with you. "'I love that I feel I can tell you just what I feel at that moment. "'I know with you that my whole life is going to change, "'that our love is going to be so powerful,' And that's going to be overwhelming. I don't know why it is we feel like we do.
1: So she is saying this, and she's never even seen this guy. That
3: is passion.
1: He always has an excuse why he's not sending his picture, you oh, know?
3: Oh, girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. This is not good. Honey, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: but you can tell how she's she's talking to him. Yeah. Okay. And then she starts telling her family that she's met someone else like almost like a girl in in uh, grade school. Oh my god, mommy, so adorable. And his mom's like, "Uh, <laughs> you're married, you have two kids <laughs> and you're meeting someone online that won't even show you her picture. His picture." So, this is what Jen wrote to Christopher on October 18th. Now, keep in mind she died December 2014. So this is Okay. Two months before her her death.
2: I love that you take your job seriously. I love that your bosses scare you. I love that you were strong enough to run when you needed to, to then move them when you were strong enough to get them on their feet again. I love that you can go a little crazy with me, but yet stay strong enough for both of us. I love that you always question me, making me think through for the truth in my answers. The bottom line is, Christopher, I'm in love with everything about you. I would love to be yours to keep and one day I will be. I understand it can't be now, but it's so hard when you want it so much. So we'll both have our strong moments and some weak ones too.
1: I mean, this is crazy, right? (laughs) You can tell this is not good. Okay, she is, her husband is having affair after affair, working nights as a dentist. I Mm -hmm. mean, come on, dude. He is... Verbally abusing her. She has two kids. She's stuck in this marriage. Her life is in shambles, and she is meeting this guy on a game called EverQuest and saying this to him.
2: How long has it? i mean been? how
1: how can this not end the way it did? You, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying this is not what did she think the outcome would be? You know what I'm saying? I mean I'm not that sounded mean. I didn't mean it like that, but this is not a good situation.
2: Mm-hmm. How long have they been talking?
1: This is after like two months. Oh wow. And then the emails start getting more sexy and and um as you'll see here.
3: Oh god, I cannot wait to see this guy's picture.
2: I don't think it's a guy, I think it's a girl. Ooh. Uh,
1: this is what Christopher responds on one of his emails. Oh. Good morning, sexy. Ooh. Jennifer. I have told you I can't wait to make love to you. Damn! With every passing day, the growing sexual tension for you elevates to new levels I've never dreamed possible. You are my darling, Jennifer, and are a ve- and are a very and and are a. a wait, what? You, you, you my, dar- my darling. Oh, you, my. Darling, Jennifer, are a very amazing woman. I love you.
3: Well, that was uncomfortable. That was kind of uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let me try that again. No?
2: (laughs) Should I? I don't think that you can make it comfortable. (laughs) No, just keep going.
1: Okay, let me try it again. Nope. (laughs) Good morning, (laughs)
3: sexy.
2: Christopher, I'm madly in love with you, and you've changed me forever. You've taught me more in these past months than I've experienced in my lifetime. I want a lifetime exploring these new places with you. All right. Now, this is the type
1: of person Bart is. So he finds out that she is pulling away and that he might receive the initial divorce letter from her attorney. Now, Bart doesn't like that because after Shelley made him cry... And she broke his heart. He wants to be the one in control. He wants to break up with the girls. You know? Oh, you breaking up with me? You can't because I broke up with you, kind of thing. Like, he doesn't want a girl to step on him. Like, he wants to be in control. So she is now pulling away. So he starts trying to pull her back. Oh, I can change all this bullshit. I'll start, I'll stop working nights, you know? I'll spend time with you. You know, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever she
2: wants to hear to make sure that he stays in control of the relationship.
1: Exactly. So he talks to her mom, Narda, and he's got a good plan. He says, I'm going to take her on a family trip. Just me and her and we're going to go out of town and we're going to just me and us. We're going to make love and we're going to rekindle that flame. Now, at this point... Jen has said multiple times that she doesn't want to have sex with her own husband. Mm -hmm. It makes her disgusted. Like, she talks about how her skin crawls when she has to think about it.
2: Because she she knows that he's had so many affairs? Well, she's
1: just not in love with him, and she's disgusted of him, you know? Um, Probably Mm -hmm. because of the affairs, yeah, I'd imagine. And she actually tells her mom, quote, I just don't want to be married. To be there anymore, he disgusts me. He gives me the creeps. He makes my skin crawl. I cannot bear to have a sexual, sexual relationship with him. I tried so hard, but I cannot do it. I cannot bear to have him touch me at all. I just can't stand it. Now, he was talking to her mother when this conversation happened about the trip. And this is what he says. He says, quote, but she won't have sex with me. Now he's talking to her mother.
2: Why would you talk to your mother-in-law about this?
1: I'm not going to take her on a trip if she won't even sleep with me. Why would I waste my time and money? If I ever take her on vacation, she is going to have to have sex with me.
2: Wow. Wow.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There's just a lot to that there.
1: Jen is really worried about her affair at this point. And he actually starts stealing her phone and all this stuff because they know, because he realizes that he's not going to be able to work it out. And this is actually her calling the police because he stole her hard drive and was trying to get all these secret emails between Christopher.
2: I don't know if they stop him, if they can retrieve those for me or not if I can tell them what I think he's going. Okay, what do you think? Do you think he's going to go pawn them or something? Or? No, he's probably going to take them and uh, use them as evidence. Because we're in the process of going through a divorce. Okay.
1: This right here is Christopher.
2: Yes, I knew it! I oh knew it! Oh my God. I fucking knew it. Yeah. Wow! So this is from the, called it.
1: This is from uh, the book. This is from Rule's book. Christopher wasn't married, or a convicted felon, or physically unattractive. He wasn't anything at all. There was no Christopher. There never had been. Chris was only a phony name used by someone who had a good reason to be secretive. Jen was absolutely stunned to discover that for months she had been writing to a woman, not a man at all. Chris's first name was Anita. She was a bisexual who did live in Missouri and who apparently did take care of her sister's children, if indeed there were any children at all.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Called it. Yeah. What made you think it was a woman, Jen? I don't know. Just intuition. Wow.
1: Here's the weird thing. And because she was going through so much turmoil... She emails them first and the emails is like, God damn it. All I asked for you is no lies. How could you do this to me?
3: So how did she how did she find out that she was a woman? Anita. Eventually sent her a picture?
1: uh, Confessed it to her. Ah, okay. Yeah. So they kept talking after this.
3: (laughs) So So she didn't hate the idea? She didn't hate it.
1: (laughs) But this is her plan before she got murdered. She was gonna move the kids up there with her.
2: Mm, wow.
1: To live there. And I think they would have been happy together. Hmm. Honestly. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But that was kind of a crazy twist. <laughs> but anyway. Shit. There's uh, it. there's actually one more twist if you guys oh. want to go down this road. Do you remember watching the staircase?
3: Yes. Yes.
1: What was crazy about that besides The Owl
2: our... theory. But well besides that the fact that both wives died or both yeah. both of the women died under the same mysterious con- um, both
1: the women died under the mysterious consequences which said, which is extremely rare that that happens at all anyway
2: but not the fact that they were both mysterious they were both extremely similar
1: anyway this is the replacement for Shelley mansfield the girl that broke bart's heart mm-hmm. bart's heart and this is dolly hearn right here this is june 6 1990 if you want to describe her for our audience
2: oh she's
3: dead she dead yep
1: yeah she's dead
3: on the couch
1: yeah she is dead slumped over on the couch from a gunshot wound in the exact same spot as what jen was killed wow and here is another picture of her this is actually her Death photos right here. Now, the gun was actually moved by paramedics. They got there first, and the guy didn't have a camera, so he had to move the gun away. So this, even though detectives knew that it wasn't a suicide, Dolly Hearn, the first real girlfriend after Shelly, got no real justice, you know, because it was ruled Mm -hmm. a suicide, you know. But this is her right here. What do you notice? Um, look at her thigh area right there on that that photo. The mm-hmm.
2: left or the right? The
1: the, the left. You you know there's blood right there, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, you can see that. Well,
1: if you shoot yourself in the head, you got blood splatter. That right there you're looking at is smeared blood. That's yeah. that's transfer it, it, it stains. Looks, it
2: looks as if it's been running. See see on the pillow how it like the the blood is running down.
1: Yeah. And it's
2: like it's similar pattern. Like it's it's long like it was dripping down.
1: The thigh blood there you're looking at is transfer stained bloods, which means she was moved. Mm. If she just shot herself in the head, that wouldn't be there at all. There's also no blood at all on her hands which is what she used to shoot herself also it looks like
2: the blood is on the left side but she was shot in the same spot on the right side of her head
1: yeah he actually in both cases put the gun on the wrong side okay he did everything the exact same and why change something that works right this is his first girlfriend not wife but girlfriend died in 1990 which was what 14 years earlier june 6 1990. Dolly Hearn. Jen had no idea about this. Not even that she may have committed suicide. Like, he never brought this up. You think, you know, you think you know someone, right? Hmm. You think you know someone.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. The cause of death was listed as gunshot wound to the head with destruction of the brain stem and secondary exsanguination, massive blood loss, apparently self-inflicted. This suggested suicide, but Dr. Sharon Daspet, the medical examiner who signed the autopsy report, had not fully committed to that. She listed the manner of Dolly Hearn's death as undetermined.
1: Hmm. All right, so as I said, the wound is almost identical to Jen, his, his wife, that was killed. If you want to read this, I know it's long, but this is the from the medical examiner.
3: The wound was a contact wound, its edges blackened with gunpowder and barrel debris. As the bullet entered there, just below the rigid petrous bone on the right, it had traveled through the brain in an almost straight line, severing the, and macerating her brain stem, and ending just below the petrous ridge on the left side of her head. She had died instantly. There was no indication that she had been raped or beaten, nor had she any defense wounds that may have suggested that she had fought back against an attacker. She had no alcohol or drugs in her blood. Daspit estimated that the time of Dolly's death was probably between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. on June 6th. The cause of death, written on Dolly Hearn's autopsy report, read, Gunshot wound to the head with destruction of the brainstem and secondary exsanguination apparently self-inflicted. And then Daspot had added undetermined. So he added
1: undetermined because he, as a medical examiner, knew that it just didn't seem right. So this is obviously the same guy. And I know this is kind of long, so I'm going to wrap it up here. But what, what do you guys think happened? So he kills his first girlfriend, then he kills his wife in the exact same manner.
2: Mm.
3: Is that speculation or do we know that now? No,
1: we do know that, Yeah.
3: But how? He had an alibi. He was He at his does brothers. have an alibi.
1: Yeah. He has a and He has receipts and all that stuff. Oh, so how but did he that was work? seen by his neighbor coming oh. around the house at 2 a.m. Now, they know the time of death because she was up emailing Christopher uh. or Anita. Chris Nita. Anitafer. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was emailing Anitafer. At the time, like right when he walks in, because the last email was, you know, and it just went silent. And then he basically walks up behind her in both cases and grabs the gun out of the nightstand or wherever and just points it right to her head and shoots her. That's how he does it. And then quickly... And you know what's really fucked up about this guy? Not only does he know that his two sons were going to be the ones that find the body, mm. which is fucked up. Yeah, that's up. really,
2: that's that's ridiculous.
1: They pinged a cell phone. He was sitting outside of, his, of the house no. about to come and kill his wife. When he called, now this is like two in the morning, he calls the relationship counselor to leave a message saying that they're not going to be able to make it in the morning. Wow. Then he walks into the house, blows her brains out, walks back into his yellow Mustang, and then drives away, spends the night at his brother's house. So he has alibis because they were they had ordered like 14 beers and they got receipts and all this stuff. But then on the way home from the bar, he makes that quick stop, so it was real quick, and then he goes... The reason he got caught is because the guy he bought the gun from came forward. He got full immunity to come forward and confess that he gave him the gun. And this Mm. is it right now. And this is his interrogation. His name is Richard Wilson. He gave Bart the gun. They were friends four days before the murder. He
0: said that he thought his wife was fooling around on him. He thought he needed a gun to protect himself. Mm.
2: He knew I had guns. Asked me if I had one. So he came down here and got it.
1: Kind of sounds like my family. And he came down here and got it, I reckon. Mm-hmm. What you want from me, cop? <laughs> so that's basically the Jen Corbin dentist, Dr. Dentist story.
3: So he did end up confessing? He
1: did confess. To both murders. Because they got him, they literally have the smoking gun. So here's what they offered him. They said, we can try you and a jury may convict you and put you to death because this is is Georgia. Mm -hmm. And you know, we still had a death penalty down here. So you could take that chance or you can admit to both murders of Dolly Hearn, Mm -hmm. which gave her family the justice they needed and admit to the murder of your wife. Mm -hmm. And you, you can serve two consecutive life sentences in prison, obviously without parole. So he's still there today. Dolly Hearn, I didn't really get into her, but she was... A dental student as well, and she was about to graduate. Hi. And then he goes on this stalking campaign. He steals her cat. I don't want to go into all this stuff, but he puts hairspray in her contact lens solution. <gasps> he does all this stuff, and eventually, to get back
2: his first girlfriend that broke his exactly, heart, even yeah. though Dolly had nothing to do with it. He was projecting. Wow. Yeah. He's
1: a monster. Anyway, I do want to end this right quick. This is Jennifer Corbin's funeral. I thought this would be nice to put in there. This is also from the Anne Rool book. But if you want to read this, this is about uh, what happened at her funeral.
3: Many were tearful as they left the sanctuary, murmuring quietly. And then suddenly their eyes were drawn upward. There was a magnificent rainbow tracing its colors brilliantly across the sky. A photographer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution caught the image, and it was featured on the front page of the paper the next day. For the first time since Shen's murder, Heather felt her heart lift. I had been praying for some kind of sign that Jen was okay. And then to walk out of her funeral to see that rainbow spanning from the sky from end to end. It was the most vibrant rainbow I have ever seen. I wanted to drop to my knees and say, thank you, God. I really felt that rainbow was painted just for Jen.
1: So I thought that was nice to put in there. But that's the story. That's That's the... uh,
2: Just for Jen.
1: That's the uh, story of the dentist... The dentist, the death dentist, deadly dentist. From,
2: from toothache to heartache.
1: All right, guys, thanks for listening. Like I said, I am putting my sources on talkware.com Be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you're listening to, on whatever podcasting app you're using right now. This is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.
3: Founders Brewing Company has found a way to make an IPA you can enjoy anytime that's perfect for any occasion with their all-day IPA at 4.7 ABV. You can still taste the hops, of course, but it's the complex array of malts and grains that make all-day IPA a beer that will grab your attention. That full flavor and low ABV is what continues to make it a staple in my fridge. Look for Founders in your favorite beer store or check out their full line of beer at foundersbrewing.com. Founders Brewing Company, born and brewed in Michigan since 1997.
0: There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price of participation may vary cannot be combined with combo meal